you. I've learned that death is not the end. I can help you, help you, help you, help you. Uh, welcome to another episode of Escape from Plan A. Uh, I'm your host for today, Adam, and um, I'm on with uh, Philip. How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? And um, I'm back. We're back with um, guest Connie. How are you, Connie? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. Pretty good. good. And um, yeah, so uh, this is another episode, I guess, in our gaming series on video games. And um, unless you've been living under a rock. Uh, <laughs> you've uh, heard the news of the Activision Blizzard um, lawsuit that the uh, state of California has brought against Activision Blizzard. Uh, and, um, you know, we thought that we really needed to dive into this because it really fits into a lot of what we've talked about, not only on our gaming pods, but just our podcasts in general, right? And what we write about. Uh, and I thought, you know, I, yeah, Connie was the perfect guest to bring on for this. So, um, yeah, that we're, we're going to really dive into, I think, parts of the lawsuit, maybe you know, the, thing, the, the issues that that brings up, um, some of the responses that uh, I think really you know, titans of the industry, the video game industry, have sort of made uh, and talking about that. We're also, I think, we're going to talk about um, the Blizzard employee, uh, a current employee, uh, their statement. And then we're gonna, you know, we're gonna talk about the Activision Blizzard walkout that 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 just happened today. So um, a lot to a lot to get into. But Connie, kind of, I, kind know, of a kind of a yeah. shame because I I think when we ended the last chat with Connie, we were like, oh, it'd be cool to bring you back on and talk about like the mechanics of being, you know, a game designer because <laughs> it's like a really interesting topic. And unfortunately, we're here talking about sexual harassment and abuse, <laughs> but it's an important topic. So yeah, glad we're diving into it today. I know. I mean, trust me, the women in this industry would much rather be solving interesting problems about yeah. games and how to make them more fun and reach yeah. bigger audiences. Like we'd rather be solving creative problems other than like, hey, how do we make sure we're compensated fairly and feel safe in our workplaces? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we will, I think, certainly do <laughs> do those pods, but um, we did need to talk about the the lawsuit, right? And you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how to even start this conversation, but um, when when that when the news hit uh, for myself at least, and I don't know for the rest of you, and please feel free to to jump in. But it it was upsetting, but it wasn't shocking. Does that make sense? Like I, I kind of was like, this is just an uh, this is not just, but this is another big studio that you know this is coming out but what really struck me was just you know the the how i don't know the 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 depravity of it almost like the stories that have come out like just how how all like just the seriousness of it 
right? Like, and 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 Blizzard, I don't know. Blizzard is huge, right? I mean, it's just it, it is the biggest gaming comp, American gaming company, I would say, right? Blizzard is the one, and for them, for this lawsuit to hit was really big news. And, and it was shocking to you, but uh, in classic, you know, PR fashion, it was not shocking, apparently, to Blizzard and their PR department and their no. executives who spoke out openly about this shit, as well as a lot of other kind of male, you know, developers, right, who were responding to this, being like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Um, you know, there's this, there's this TikTok that was going viral alongside the walkout hashtag today, where a woman was like, you know, just going over like all these issues that women face at places like Blizzard and the response from PR in every single situation is like, oh, I can't, I can't believe that was happening right under her noses, <laughs> you know, and then it ends with uh, her, you know, pretending to be um, uh, someone breaking the lawsuit <laughs> to Blizzard uh, and the Blizzard legal team and Blizzard all still saying, I can't believe, you know, despite years and years of allegations and like things happening well, internally yeah. and so on, pretending and, that and this is a surprise. And this anyway. is a lawsuit that has filed, but after two years of investigation. So, this is not a, sh- this shouldn't be a shock to anyone. <laughs> You know, it's really not at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I think, um, well, I can say personally, right, as a former Blizzard employee, I remember when the Riot story first broke, when the Ubisoft stuff broke, when the Riot story broke again. Mm -hmm. I know that I personally and other folks like Blizzard alumni, we were just like, when's the Blizzard story going to break? And right, right. Yeah. You know, so many of us have been sitting on these things for, I mean, at least for, for me, it's been a decade. And for other people, right, same thing. And just, there was just such a, a monumental river of shit that was flowing through all of this. But it was all covered up with like the glitz and glamour, the rainbow washing of that Overwatch, mm-hmm. you know, brought to the company. And yeah, it, that, that's a great term, rainbow washing. <laughs> It, it was really hard. I mean, there's a reason why most of us felt like we couldn't speak out until then. I mean, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the last podcast that I guested on because I, I feel so naive where I actually genuinely thought that, you know, Blizzard had gotten better. Um, I still have friends, many great friends that still work there. And um, I don't I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm more senior in my role now, right? Like, you'd have to be a pretty brave dude to fuck with me. And (laughs) I have a lot more confidence and I also have way more time and the confidence of having shipped quality games that have performed well to be able to hold my own. And that just wasn't the case for me 10 years ago. Right. Right. And so I I think there's some amount of, um, I've been gone. Right. I, I just thought, oh, they must be getting better. Right. You know, games 10 years ago was not a great place anyway. And um, I, I myself am starting to learn how difficult it was. I was, I was uh, joking around with another, you know, Blizzard al- alumni, and we were talking about how not only are we reliving our own past trauma, we're now getting bonus multipliers, right, from hearing all these other like stories of friends, right, people that you worked with. Yeah. And I've had a decade to process my shit. Uh, mm-hmm. I've had a weekend to process those of people that I 
care about and thought were doing right. great. And then to have them know, especially people that were there at the same time that I was, this kind of sense of like, well, I knew that I was having a hard time, but you know, I, I don't know, there was just lots of stuff that was going on. And only to find out, oh, no, it was everybody. It was almost everybody. It was almost everybody except for the folks that are responsible for this. We were all unhappy. We all suffered. And yet we did it alone. And we thought we couldn't say anything because nobody wanted to be the the bus killer. Nobody wanted to come out and say it. And, and there was ample evidence that if you were somebody who were, mm-hmm. was going to come out and say it, you would just get totally buried you would get attacked. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, I, I don't even know what people are saying about me on Twitter now. Like, I've just muted everything, but I'm yeah. sure that the Blizzard fanboys have, have come this, after me. This, this is the, the the be cool culture that you were describing repeatedly on our, our last pod, right? You had to be cool about these things, not bring them up. Or if you do try to bring them up, everyone else is going to try to be cool and kind of quash your your descent, right? Right. Uh, if right. you try to- And they don't bring- even, yeah, and it doesn't even need to be an active thing where like leadership has to tell you this. It sort of just becomes part of the atmosphere. No, it's self-policing, right? right? It's, self-policing, yeah, it's self-policing, right? Yeah. And, and it's crazy because it's like when this, um, when the um, Blizzard, uh, when, when the um, response to Blizzard's official statement came out from the current employees, right? Like their open letter, 2,500 Blizzard, like current and former employees have signed on to that letter. And uh, I would assume- Also Activision Studios, various Activision as yes, well. developers mm-hmm. within the Activision org. Right. So, like Blizzard themselves, is, I think has about 4,700 employees. And then I think Activision Blizzard as a total is like nine, like almost 9,000, right? Or something like, like 10, that. Maybe 10,000, but yes. Maybe 10,000 something. But 2,500 to 3,000 is a third, right? of that number yes that have just come forward even with all that pressure um to sign their name to a letter so you have to assume it's even more that probably um you know support this oh there are plenty of people friends um folks that i knew that have horrific stories and who are still silent and i understand right absolutely so that my point is to bring that up in in the numbers right is that Everyone think like you thought you were operating sort of alone, right? Or that you were alone in that. And it's like, but there's so many more people that sort of share your experience or have had similar experiences or even worse experiences or would support you. But everyone is sort of silenced by this cone of be cool, this cone of fear and intimidation and, you know, just not wanting to, to rock the boat. And, it, it's it's awful. Like there, I, I don't, you know. It's just is there it's something so pervasive. unique about that kind of culture of silence in gaming that's different from other places? Because what you're describing sounds a lot like you know Me Too, right? Me Too in entertainment media, but yeah, this is kind of like the moment we're we're seeing here with Blizzard, right? With the two incidents they've had plus already, you know, Ubisoft, and I'm sure at a bunch of other um, you know smaller studios too. Uh, a Me Too movement, basically, right? This surfacing. And with that comes, you know, enough critical mass that other people become more, um, you know, the silence gets kind of pushed away. People become more comfortable with speaking out about their issues, right? But is there something different about gaming or is it kind of the same issue? Like, it, is I there something... Like, I feel like we touched about uh, on this on the last pod, but um, I feel like this is true of any passion industry, whether yeah. it's fashion or, you know, film, 
television. Um, I think you see very similar um, behavioral patterns where you have people that come to live their dream and are excited and because of the art, the product or whatever, they have this desire to be a part of it. And when the reality doesn't match up to it, it just becomes a slippery slope where you ask yourself, well, I'm so glad to be here. Like, maybe this is not so bad. There might be something that happens to you that you think is fucking terrible, but then you go, yeah, but I'm here. I'm at my dream job, right? I'm doing my dream yeah. things. I'm in a room yeah. with my heroes. Yeah. Maybe Don't it's okay. It up. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to point out too, that um, something that actually shook me to my core this past weekend is as I'm reading stories of, of people, especially people who, you know, overlapped with me, uh, that theme of be cool, there there was one woman who talked about her story. It's fucking awful. She basically described, you know, getting groped and, you know, sexualized and propositioned all over all the time. And I remember her and she was awesome. She was quiet and she kept to herself. And I never knew. And in her in her statement through uh, Twitlonger, she talked exactly what I said about being cool about yeah. be chill about stuff and that that really really hit me yeah. hard yeah yeah I, I wanted to ask you Connie when you like saw you know the initial blow up right and then over the weekend reading stories and so on Twitter elsewhere is it a mixed feeling of like kind of both like horror and like empathy for your you know former coworkers or other people who've been in the same situation mixed with like vindication that you were right the whole time or is it just one of the two like was there any kind of at least release that you got from hearing that it wasn't just you and like finally the fucking blizzard story came out right after watching it happen over a decade of working there um what, what was the feeling that you got when when it all came out oh man i mean there is a lot there there is a lot that's going on i think everything you said um i i knew i never I never was like, well, maybe I just made up it up in my head, maybe in like mm. my worst moments, but like yeah. I've had 10 years, right? And yeah. I have worked at several other studios, right? And without a doubt, Blizzard was the most toxic place I have ever worked at. And that's saying something because a lot of the places yeah. I went to are also yeah. not perfect, right? Yeah. This is not to wow. say that the places I've worked afterwards and people are totally going to Google me and look at where I work. And I'm not saying those places are perfect either, right? The place right. that I work currently isn't perfect either, right? But I think. For me, it is this thing where it's that burning injustice that you feel when you know that there are people doing fucked up shit and you know that they're getting away with it and you know that nobody wants to hear, nobody wants to listen. And you go, what's the point, right? Either you stay, you keep holding to your story, you hate, you get on your soapbox and you yell into the void or you go, you know what? I'm just going to move on with my life, right? I wish I could have justice, but there's so many things in this world where you don't get any justice for. And I actually had to hit the point, like I said, it's been 10 years for me. Like I, I, for me, the fact that I've had a su successful career post Blizzard, that has been my satisfaction, mm -hmm. right? right? They didn't, they didn't right. believe in me. They didn't think I was good enough to be at Blizzard. Well, fuck them, right? Ghost of Tsushima just yeah. won so many awards, right? Best game of the mm -hmm. year, best art direction. And I feel validated that I have, gone on to be a part of so many award-winning teams and so i never had this like oh right like finally i feel validated i was like no i know that i was fucking right right i know that but the problem is it's well it doesn't even matter do people even care and the fact that people care that does feel good 
And yeah. there is something very, there is some something very relieving to be able to, you know, shout your truth through the mountaintops and actually have people go, wow, that's fucked up. And you're like, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> right. And then people with some power, you know, the state of California being like, we're going to investigate and we found enough to file a lawsuit against a very yeah. powerful company. Yeah. Right? We should maybe for the listeners, um, yeah. run them through a quick timeline of what's happened in the past week. Yeah, go for it. Um, so, you know, the way that things unfolded for me is sometime in the middle of last week, the news that this lawsuit was brought, you know, against Blizzard uh, by the Department of Fair Employment and Housing um, came up. And I think a lot of this is a direct result uh, in 2018, the elections, there was this idea that since all these tech companies and these game companies use um, arbitration clauses to effectively silence their workers and get everything right. settled out of court, mm -hmm. that this is one way that the state of California was trying to pursue um, these cases, right, to get around that. And so um, that lawsuit came out and I read it. And of course I was fucking livid afterwards. And then, you know, many people in the games industry, all of us who used to know each other at Blizzard, we started, you know, messaging each other, texting. Mm. There were so many phone calls. Uh, I was probably just talking with people nonstop, um, even up till today. And I probably will for the next foreseeable couple of days. And um, so that happened. There was a lot of talk. There was all these things. Um, and then Saturday, Mike Morheim released a statement on Twitter. And I remember waking up Saturday morning and seeing it. And I was just like, absolutely fucking not. You you don't get to say that. You you do not yeah. get to say yeah. that. That's funny because like his statement is like the same as all the other fucking statements that gone out that are just like, you know, PR vetted, like very, you know, middle of the road, kind of like, oh, I, I failed you. I can't believe this happened. It's the same old bullshit, right? Right. Like, I mean, but still better than the other ones that came out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, like the Bush-era torture apologist lady? Yeah, yeah we should yeah. get into that later. Yeah, We will sure. get into that. But yeah, but I mean, Morheim's was so... Yeah, it was bad. What was Even... his role at the company? What was his title? Or... Who, Mike Morheim? Yeah. Uh, he... I forgot. He was like CEO, president, co-founder. Yeah, okay, he, well, so he's a high he, he was he Before he left Blizzard... He was there for 28 years or something like that, right? Like mm -hmm. he was there from the beginning almost. I think I've missed some details too in the timeline where like, I don't know, sometime between the lawsuit coming out, um, J. Allen Brack released a statement yeah. or, or no, he had an email and then Jason Schreier leaked it and it was like a response to the team. He gets all the leaks. <laughs> he really does. And then yeah. I think he like, I think one particular statement which made me feel a little nauseated was his like, Gloria Steinem is a saint in our household. Oh, oh my God. There was oh, that. Uh, yes, I have that. I have yes. that. I can read it. Um, uh, yeah, go for it. So it says, um, well, the Steinem part, he said, when I talked with Bobby, Bobby Kotick, who is the current CEO of Activision Blizzard, uh, about taking this job, which is being, I think, president of Blizzard. One of the first things I mentioned was a revered saint of the Brack household, Gloria Steinem. <laughs> so, yeah, he mentions that he, he likes Gloria Steinem, I guess. So which I, is, I don't know how that's relevant to the lawsuit. But, yeah, uh, sure, yeah. right? It's, it's pinkwashing is what it is, right? It's yeah, it's kind that of rainbow washing, whatever, right? You know, whatever minim minimal bit of, like, feminist cred 
cred he may have, but he really was leached from his wife or whoever to try to wash the shit that he did or didn't yeah. didn't do at the company. Well, so, I mean, he yeah. had that response, right? And then I fucking love the internet. Immediately, people dug up that 2010 BlizzCon clip. Oh, yeah. And with the caption, is this you, bro? And it is for our listeners a clip of 2010 BlizzCon where there's a panel where it is, you know, Jay Allen Brack, Greg Street, uh, Alex Frasiabi. It's a lot of the guys. Yeah, uh, Tom Chilton, right? It's a lot of the, the, the you know, faces, the talking heads. Um, and this woman comes up and basically, you know, says, hey, I, you know, love all your characters. And I love that you have strong, you know, female characters. But, like, could we maybe have ones that don't look like they've stepped out of a Victoria's Secrets uh, cactus? catalog and then you just watch this it's very hard for me to watch because Mm -hmm. i watch this and then you just see this group of men who just like kind of laugh and she gets booed of course by the crowd yeah and bothered me more to be honest the booing from the community is famously toxic Yeah. yeah that's a separate pod but um you know, you watch this happen and then, you know, they make it into a joke. I think they say something like, yeah. what catalog would you like her to write? Like, what about yes. those sexy torn they, they, females they, they, or whatever? One of them says that, yeah. Yeah, Jalen Brack, like, throws the horns and they're all, like, snickering and laughing and, like, pretty much, like, slapping. And meanwhile, you just see this woman's face and, you know, she oh, looks like she's God. about to cry, right? And, yeah. you know, Awful. they're not taking her seriously at all. I mean, you know... She they're, went to they're fucking not, BlizzCon. She's clearly a fan, right? Yeah, they are and, just yeah. denigrating and dismissing a fan. And it took but, so much courage for her to come up there and to even ask that question. No, and then Let's she just clear, sort of, like, yeah, it is not like an easy thing. Even if you're going up there to like ask like some softball question, like you're getting up in front of people that you admire, like. It and is by the way, tough. I was still at Blizzard during this time, yeah. and I don't, you know, I wasn't there or whatever. I was probably working, so I probably right. didn't you- see anything, right? <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I think the reason why that clip really hit me is because this was very much the experience of working at Blizzard. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that a lot of emphasis and attention has been, you know, paid to some of the horrible, like, specific, like, gendered abuse and harassment that has happened and yes right like disproportionately right but i want to you know call out that it was just generally this kind of culture and that everybody kind of suffered right in general if you were not one of the powerful people the people that were you know invited up to the cosby suite um which by the way i have been invited (laughs) i have been in those i have been invited to those you know special super elite you know blizzcon hotel room parties yeah and god you know you you see this and this is how they sort of like reinforce their power and it's part of the reason why people have stayed so quiet because we spent so much time as people who worked there getting laughed at and dismissed and belittled and demeaned and it was especially bad if you were a woman yeah or really anybody, right? Like I, I have, I have, I have experienced seeing this done to, you know, men as well. And, um, I can't go into like the exact details, but you know, I was in meetings where I saw this happen to somebody and, um, I, I literally went to like, after the meeting, I rushed to the women's room. Uh, I was the only woman in the entire building, the Starcraft team, the Diablo three team and the Titan team were all in the building plus creative development. Um, oh, maybe C dev wasn't there yet, but anyways, I was like the only woman in the building And I just threw up because it made me so sick to my stomach that a group of grown men thought it was funny 
and enjoyable to torment their colleague and to the That's point awful. where this man seemed like he was going to cry. Yeah. And That's I, just... what they did to that woman at BlizzCon is what they did to anybody that they felt was not part of their the, in-group. The, yeah. the difference about that clip of that woman, though, is that that is externally facing like they knew that they were like in front of a bunch of fans who apparently like cheered them on and booed the woman and also that they're being recorded filmed right and yet they behave that way it really makes you wonder what the fuck is going on behind closed closed doors doors, (laughs) yeah right and you describe one of those instances right connie so like it yeah it's when it leaks out it's very telling of like something much worse much more sinister happening inside and Uh, and i think that frat boy culture is a perfect description of that type of behavior because that's what frat frat houses do i was in one i know uh and but you you can see how any guy who's gone through a frat house would like kind of be opposed to the idea of that frat house culture being used as a pejorative pejorative in this case right you know what as as a former fraternity brother i guess you never become a former one you always are yeah um and you know my fraternity brothers if any of them listen to this yeah, sure, we tried to be different, right? But some of these behaviors are just part endemic to the Greek system. So, even if we were not as bad as others, we still did some of it. So, we, you know, we're not innocent in this. And if you're going to be pissed at me saying that that's perfect description of it, you can fuck off. I don't care because I'm telling the truth and you want to, you know, you want to, you know, you're going to want to like defend a, a rotten system. But I, I think that is a perfect description of that because this is a grooming type behavior, right? Like you, you beat someone down and then you invite them to the cool kids club and that person is going to feel like, oh, well, okay. Like that's a way to get them to buy into that sort of system. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, I mean, it works on everyone, right? Like people are going to think, oh, I would never fall for that. It no, works on everybody. We were all complicit. It works on everybody. Okay? And that's, and that's something that is also part of what I'm processing right now is I cannot tell you, sorry, I might get a little emotional. It's um, okay. I cannot tell you the guilt I feel Yeah. about having been part of that culture, at having actively participated in that culture. Um, you know, I can make all sorts of excuses. I don't actually like feel like to blame. I didn't have fucking power, right? No. Mm-hmm. But I was there. I saw it, right? I laughed. I pretended like it was okay, right? You know, mm-hmm. I went to these hotel room parties. You know, I I I was a part of this. I thought that I had to be a certain way to, you know, fit in. And um I think about how many people were hurt. I had people crawling out of the walls to apologize to me, right? And I was like, "No. Don't apologize to me," right? Like just recognize that we were all a part of it and, you know, I know that I hated it, right? Obviously, I left. It ate me up inside right. to the point that I wanted to leave. And yet, you know, what did I do about it? I stopped going to those parties, right? Like, I, uh, towards the end of my, you know, time at Blizzard, I really didn't want to spend any time partying with these people. But how many people did I, by my presence and my participation, did I validate this type of culture? And right. I don't think there's anything, even if I had chosen to speak up at that time, nobody would have listened, right? Nobody would have heard what I had to say. I definitely told people, right? At the point that I was really, really unhappy, you know, there were a number of people within the company who knew. 
people who were in positions of power or had access to people who had power. And yet it all just sort of died, right? There was, there was no momentum to anything. And if anything, um, I was coached to <clears throat> learn how to let it go. Um, I remember after, so I worked for one of the executives. I was an executive assistant and uh, that's why I saw a lot of shit. I was in a lot mm -hmm. of rooms where a lot of important meetings and important men were talking about things. And um, what, what can you really do? You see this happening, you internalize it and you, especially like I was young, I was 19 when I started at Blizzard. I was 25, I think when I, when I left, um, you internalize this and you calibrate what is good and what success looks like based on, you know, who's walking around and who has power and who has, you know, what. Mm -hmm. And I sincerely believe that the fact that 10 years after I've left, the fact that this culture has continued to go on and people have continued to be harmed is because it perpetuated itself. Do, do you, Connie, feel like, um, you know, it, it felt very powerless when you were in there because you had to for, for, uh, keep your job, first of all, right? Like very practical concern, but also being sucked into this culture. Once you got out and certainly like, you know, a decade later, you've had time to process it. You've had time to kind of build your own path, your own career. Leading up to getting back to the timeline, this this exchange you had with Warheim, right? Where you could actually call this fucker right. out, yeah, right? I mean, it must be very feel very empowering to get to do that. Or at least it feel, felt like, you know, you finally got to do the thing that felt right at the time right yeah. um how, how like how did that i don't know if you want to get into the details of like you know how, how that whole exchange went on i think it's still public on twitter and stuff it is but it is yeah like how what what went down how did it feel what are your thoughts on that oh i so when i said that this was me talking to mike i did not do it for the likes. I did not do mm -hmm. it for the retweets. In fact, I'm like kind of panicking right now. And I'm like, I'm basically not going to tweet on main until all this blows <laughs> over. Um, but I wanted Mike to know. And, yeah. and there was some relief in finally being able to sort of like hurl this truth that I had carried, right? This, 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 this pain that I had carried with me for 10 years you mm -hmm. don't know how many therapy sessions you know how like yeah. when you're like really mad at someone and you'll have like imaginary conversations and you say all the things that you want to say and you know right. you're not going to get a chance to i never thought that i would get a chance to be able to say those things and so right. yes it was very relieving and i think it's kind of shitty where you think 10 years would have been more than ample time to get over it yeah but i didn't get over it right i i buried all of this so that I could move on. And in right, fact, you right. know, I was coached to do this. Um, you know, going back to what I was saying, I, I worked as an executive assistant. Um, I could not work for the executive that I worked for anymore. I um, basically had a mental health breakdown. Um, I was put on paid leave for a month. And when I came back, I got whisked to work on a different team. Mm -hmm. That was like sort of like business development sort of stuff. And I love the folks on that team. Um, I actually, you know, still talk with some of them. We did like a Zoom call not that long ago. And these, these well-meaning individuals, right, very hardcore made it clear to me that, you know, look, Connie, you are smart. You're talented, right? Like you have such a bright future ahead of you. You need to, you need to let go of this, right? 
like shitty people are shitty people and you're going to see this. And, you know, it's not bad advice, but clearly what I was being told is in order to be successful, if you want to have a career in games, there was an anecdote that my manager relayed to me where it's like, like, think about a paraplegic, right? Like, if somebody gets hit by a car and ends up becoming a paraplegic, right? Like, are they just going to be angry their whole lives at the person that hit them with a car? No, they have to figure out how to like adjust to a new normal, right? Like they have to figure out how they're going to live and the longer you stay. And at the time I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But now I'm like, okay, this is not a freak car accident. This is called right, this eight is- years of systemic disenfranchisement, right? And gaslighting yeah, and told right. that you're not good enough, right? This is not equivalent to a freak car accident. This is no. called people no. methodically wearing people down, grinding people down and getting away with it. Yeah. I mean, that is not a, that is not an apt analogy at all. <laughs> Like someone's continued and systemic behavior towards you is not a freak accident. That is a, that that's a pattern of behavior. That's who they are. Well, and one of the things I called Morheim out for is the fact that he just moved toxic people around, right? I'm sure that they felt that they had, you know, like I, I agree, right? Like just because someone is accused of something doesn't mean that you like fucking fire them, right? Like there's things you have to respect, right? You have to account for like, Hey, People get a chance to like sure. investigate other stories, blah, blah, blah. Even though I think we all know that like 90% of investigations like result in no wrongdoing. And that was true for these individuals who, you know, were moved around multiple times, who were reported multiple times, who were investigated multiple times. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And I think there was this genuine feeling that, well, like we moved them around, right? We took away the reports or like whatever, and it was fine. And, and I was just like, but no, right. This is something that's come up for me uh, in some of my discussions with other folks, which is, there is a part where you have these folks that, you know, do damage to other people, right? Above and beyond what is just normal in terms of like creative conflict or like personality conflicts that are present in every workplace. Right. There's this level of like toxicity and damage that happens. And then sure, you can transfer that person to a different team like I was. But I'm not okay. I had like a month of intense therapy, right, to try and do things. I got moved to a different team. I never had a private conversation again, really, with the 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 man I used to work for. Um, to all intents and purposes, I was just sort of like whisked away and like here, do some other things, right? And yeah, and that just sets someone else up to be the target. Yes, <laughs> right. Yes. It's not like it, it that helps you to not yes, be the target anymore. But, but but the thing is, I was expected. to fix my behavior that I needed to get over it. Right. I was the one that needed to get over it. Right. When Mm -hmm. I was the one that was like, not okay. And you see this cycle happen over and over again, not just at Blizzard, but all sorts of workplaces where you see somebody who is a terrible person and it happens to their direct reports. Right. And then sure, hopefully eventually that person gets fired or they get moved away or whatever, or they can't do harm, but the harm has already been done. What do companies do with these employees? These employees are now angry and bitter, right? Um, part of the reason why those, you know, folks on my new team, like tried so hard to like coach me and be like, no, right. Like you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta figure out a way forward. Right. I had to bury all this, right. I wasn't allowed to be angry. I wasn't allowed to be bitter. Is that really going to help somebody process and let things go when it's like, I was part of Titan. I loved being on Titan, but because I couldn't work for this guy anymore. I needed to go be on a business development team when I wanted to be on the creative side of making games. Right. Why is that? How is that fucking fair? How is that fucking fair? I'm still mad about it. It's 10 years later and I'm still super angry about it. 
So maybe this is a a good time, like on that note, to talk about like what are the actual like positive outcomes if there are any that could come out of this, right? So like if you follow the timeline, the, one of the responses that um you know in an open letter I think to Blizzard from employees included mm-hmm. a bunch of demands, right? Or or you know things that they 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 wanted management to yeah to implement, right? One of those things was to end mandatory arbitration, as you discussed, right? Uh, arbitration clauses in employee contracts. Um, one of them was to adopt policies to improve diversity equity. It's pretty generic, but there's that. There's this really scary one, I think. Uh, publish compensation data, prom- promotion rates, and salary ranges for employees of all mm. genders and ethnicities. And the third, uh, the fourth one is hire a third party to audit the company's structure, HR, and executives. So I don't know if any of these things are going to happen. <laughs> I think the the in particular the one about like making salaries transparent is never going to happen because I think we discussed this actually in our previous pod, right? I think I mentioned that at one of my previous employers, Google. Um, yeah. actually, I don't know if this pod or if I just said this elsewhere, but they had a day where everyone was just publishing salaries to a fucking giant spreadsheet that everyone in the company could see. I think that happened at Blizzard too. Yeah, we had Did one it? of those too. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, 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 right. But they want this to like they're demanding that this is done kind of like top down. Right, yeah. and in a, in a maybe more uh, public way, um, you know, it, it's super chaotic. This no one wants that to happen. It's going to expose a lot more badness, right? Um, you know, what what are your thoughts on these demands? Like, do you think anything would happen? Do you think anything would actually change things if they were implemented? The arbitration piece, at least, would give them some you know legal precedence to avoid um, like Sammy Fox from getting away, right? From a from a harassment situation. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I mean, Activision Blizzard stock dropped 10%. I don't know about now. I haven't checked the market today. But um, yeah, I guess going back to like the timeline, right? There was, you know, the thing, there was Jalen Brack's leaked response. Yeah. There was the leaked BlizzCon video. And then over the weekend, we saw Morheim and Metzen release their statements. And I think that angered a lot of employees. And then over yeah. the weekend was when you saw a huge outpouring of various people, past and present at Blizzard, speaking up and sharing their stories. And then Monday was when there was the list, or I'm sorry, the petition that was signed by, mm-hmm. you know, now like 25% of the Activision Blizzard workforce. Or, or I mean, I guess it's not fair because there's past employees on there too, but I don't know. Yeah, 2,600 uh, is a lot as I, said, I think it's a lot more. Yeah, it's a I lot. think it's a lot more people, people than, that would, yeah. Right. And then, then they published their list of demands, right, with the petition. And then now we have the walkout that happened today, right? Um, I really don't know. I, I think this is a scale that we haven't seen yet. It's pretty big. So, so I think one of the uh, the lead ups to this, right, when you're talking about 2018, when a bunch of tech companies had mm-hmm. issues, one of them was the Google walkout yeah. in 2018, and that was 20 percent of employees that walked out. Um, and that was also, uh, uh, as you were saying earlier, with some folks in Seattle also walking out, right, at the Seattle Blizz, Blizzard uh, office. Um, you know, with the Google situation, it was like worldwide as well. So there was a reaction to it, and that built up to a bunch of other stuff, which led to maybe arguably this thing at Blizzard, um, but. Like, will it change things? Like, I mean, if would you well, feel supposedly Google retaliated against some of those people? They, they did, yeah. So right? there's some. That's right, they did. And there's some interesting differences uh, between the two walkouts. Um, one of the big differences, which which was shocking to me, was um, just like a day, like yesterday or the day before, Blizzard PR, HR, whatever, made a statement to say that they encourage employees to walk out. And in fact, that employees are allowed to, they're, they're, um, can I get PTO? To yeah. Take, get PTO, to take PTO. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think it's to take PTO, um, to do the walkout. Right. So they're saying, yeah, maybe 
Like you can take a day off work, i.e. you can take one of your vacation days right. to walk out if you like and get paid for it, which is kind of defeats the purpose of a walkout. If you think about it, like a walkout is just fucking walk out and not do work for the day. That's a strike, right? It's a, I mean, it's I think that's probably the point, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the also point, yeah. someone someone very astute on Twitter had pointed out that by taking the PTO, you are making a mark on your profile, right? You do it in the HR system, they track that you've taken the PTO that day, that you are one of the people who walked out. Right, and they know right. for sure that that was the day, right? That's <laughs> right. was the walkout right. too. And, and further, employers yeah. are legally uh, not allowed to ask employees if they participated in some sort of like union action like this. Right. Right, not union action, but like, you know, labor action like this. Right. So, very slimy shit um, for sure. But also, like, it's, it's just interesting that, like, they, they went and made this move and made this statement because it's like they're kind of, like, leaning in to it, you know? Like, they're leaning into, like, we fucked up, you know, we'll give you the day off or whatever, or you can take it off as vacation day. We want you to protest, right? It takes the, the edge off, like, the, the kind of pins and needles and daggers that are being thrown their way, um, which I think is just a very fucking sneaky HRPR move, right? I don't think they're actually, they actually have any good meaning behind it. Yeah, I mean, they need to walk a fine line, right? They yeah. they have to somehow convince a lot of very angry Blizzard employees that are currently there that they have their best interests at heart, which the petition is like, no, we don't believe you, right? And I was like, yeah, why would you, right? Um, they need to convince them that and convince them that, oh, no, change will come. And, yep. um, y- y- you know, when this is read in context of like, you know, labor struggle, right, between the worker and the employer, uh, they want to maintain the upper hand, right? This is being done yeah. on their terms, right? Well, this be- is why. That, that's sort of how I feel. That's why they're doing this, right? Is that they're because getting ahead a, and they're getting, right. Well, because there's a consequence, right? There's actually a consequence here where probably a bunch of people are fucking thinking about quitting now over this shit, Right. And so that's an actual consequence to the company. They're going to lose talented artists, designers, programmers, executives, whoever's pissed off enough, right, uh, over this thing. So, you know, they're actually taking action around that. I think the other interesting consequence, too, is what you were bringing up, Connie, about like, hey, the stock price dropped 10%, right? Like, that's a consequence. Another consequence may be that their games don't get purchased or played, right? So the other interesting thing about this walkout that's very different from other tech walkouts is... Here, um, I saw on Twitter, there's a lot of activity saying, this is a general boycott. This is not just the employees walking out. We want you to not play Overwatch today, right? There are large streaming accounts out there saying, today we're going to fucking stream Pokemon and not like Overwatch is the only thing you usually stream anyway, right? So they're trying to, you know, again, I don't know if it's actually going to lead to anything, but there is this consequence of like reduced traffic, reduced usage. Maybe people are not buying their games for a couple months, right? Whatever. And that, I don't know if that's enough to move the needle, but it, it's, it's something that's much more tangible than just like slapping another diversity picture on their, their DNI webpage yeah. and saying that they've done a good job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sorry, go ahead, Connie. Oh, oh nothing. I, I was just saying, I, I'm with you. I, I certainly hope it feels big, but I don't know how many scandals have there been? How far have we actually right. moved the needle? Um, yeah. Riot kept, Riot kept making money after their first scandal and Riot kept making money after their second scandal, right? right? So, like, yeah, and so part of me thinks that, yes, it's, it's, it's good that some tangible pain is being placed on, uh, you know, the executives, but stock price is temporary. It's going to fall. It'll come right back up again. There's a whole um, bunch of fucking assholes out there right now who think that this is a good situation to buy Blizzard. Yeah, well, they stock. will because that's that's the buy system the that we're in, right? Buy the dip, exactly. Buy the dip, right? It's the system we're in, right? Like, well, the whole thing also with like um uh, uh some uh, Chinese um 
test prep companies, right? Their stocks have dipped because China is, t- is taking action against test prep. Mm-hmm. So um, people are buying that dip, right? But um, yeah, so part of me was like, okay, yeah, it's good that um, some of this is happening, but it's only temporary. And part of me feels like the only way that this can actually be solved at Activision or Blizzard is if Activision and Blizzard don't exist anymore. <laughs> like if, like, like it, at this point, we're just training them to do, like to to like be slightly better, but not like completely solve the problem. Like they'll be better at completely burying these people. They'll be be- better at sort of if the person gets bad enough, they'll be fired, and they'll bring someone in. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be better overall. They'll just be maybe smarter about it, right? And so I- I'm very cyn- I-, I don't know. I- I'm very cynical about this actually fixing these two companies um, other than these companies just not existing. Like if, if an executive who's high enough really feels this badly about it, um, they should just start another, uh, they should start another studio and bring a big chunk of the blizzard people with them. Right. Like if it's split up, then maybe that would, that would stop it. But then of course we'd have to still watch the industry, but that, you know, Activision blizzard, that would be solved because they wouldn't exist. I mean, do you think, you don't think there's any hope that like, it's pretty fucking fucked up to like sexually harass anybody after all this stuff happened. So like, let's stop doing it. I, I mean, mean, I guess the, the right example was example of like how yeah. nothing happened. Like, after. I, I mean, like, yes, the, the certain other industries that have had big scandals, do you think like the financial industry, there aren't going to be people who, you know, sexually harass people? They're continue. They're going to continue to do that. Like, um, so, I, so, so even if there isn't any systemic change within the company, at least can there be some level of justice? For example, can we fucking like get all the men who've been accused like fired or put under like some kind of proper trial that isn't just forced arbitration? Like, is there not? I mean, possible. Yeah, but what that about all possible. the men that who weren't yeah. named? What about all the people yeah. that left years ago? Right. I mean, that's the thing. The hardest thing, right, which, again, I guess I've had a lot of time to process is um, there will never there will never be true justice. What would justice even look like? You know, yeah. how, how would you how would you make up for the years of career stagnation for, you know, lost wages? Right. Right. How would you ever make up for that? And then, like, the second point is, like, there are a lot of people who have, like, nothing to do with this. They were. They were like me in 2003 when, you know, I showed yeah. up on Blizzard's doorstep and they just fucking love the games and yeah. thought that this was a magical place and they're there living their life, right? Like living their dreams. And to me, it's pretty harsh to be like, well, this thing that you love, right? This thing that you've poured your heart and soul in, like it should just not exist, right? Mm-hmm. And the art that you yeah. made shouldn't exist. Th- that's the interesting I, thing. I'm like, sorry it, to it, say it, that, but I'm just, I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel you, you right? Know? I'm I, definitely one of those I mean things that, where that I respect those people. I don't. Yeah, so, like, a lot of the people who went to the Waka were wearing Blizzard shirts and wearing the diversity yeah. shirt and so on. Like, they mm-hmm. still love the company. I get it, right? Like, I yeah, totally I'm, get and, it. And, and and obviously, it's not all those people's fault. It's yeah. you know, it's it's a, a minority of people at this company. That it's their fault, but I just I don't know whether it's, and I guess this and this was something we were talking about, Connie. Like as we just chatted, yeah, um, the last couple of days about this is that, you know, is it worth saving if with this legacy, right? Like, 
Or is it better for people to co- go and make something new with a new sort of, not like a completely clean slate, but just sort of like, yes, I was a Blizzard alumni or alumnus, and I'm going to go join and build something new out of this I and mean, sort of try have. a clean slate, right? I mean, people have. There's the reason why, part of the reason why this has triggered such a widespread reaction from the industry is Blizzard has been around for a long time, and there are lots of yeah. people who have left with this idea that I will go, right? My um, studio that I went to afterwards, Carbine, Red 5, right? Up here in Seattle, ArenaNet, which I also went to, right? Yeah. Um, Undead Labs, right? Jeff Strain was also a, you know, Blizzard engineer. Pat Wyatt, he does Unmasked Entertainment, right? There are so many companies that have put out successful games and have become names in their own right that are Blizzard alumni. And so people have gone and done that. And that, you know, that's true for every like big corporation sure. companies like that yeah. leave Ubisoft or EA or whatever, right? So for me, it's, it's, I don't know. It's up to the people that are at Blizzard now. They certainly seem very motivated. Like I, I just have to like we need to we need to really call out oh, yeah. how amazing the folks at Blizzard are. How you know, I know this sounds so banal and trite to say, but how fucking brave these folks are, how fearless their demands are, how organized and collected they have been. Yeah. If there is a moment to press the advantage and press hard, when I saw that list of demands, I was like, damn. Damn, like yeah, they just they went might, one, two punch. They might seem fairly banal, but they actually are pretty hard hitting. Like the even even the 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 demand to have no f- arbitration. That's a big deal. That's a big one. That's yeah. actually a really big deal for these companies. Yeah. Um, and certainly we've talked about the um, salaried stuff. Um, you know, the salary demands just tra- just transparency. They're not even asking for like raises think, for people. Yeah. They're just saying, look, let's just. Put the cards on the table, and then I mean, see what happens after that. But I like, think I, we literally had this conversation in our first did, pod on diversity. Yes, it was did. like transparent pay bans. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. But but they don't want to do that. I mean, the, that, that's actually a hard hitting ask that those, those people can look at it and, and and say it's like you know those two are hard. The, the other two, the one about diversity and the one about like you know doing an audit of HR or whatever, yeah. those are ones that can like easily be spinned by insiders sure. in some yeah. fucking nefarious way. So those ones, I mean, they're good to, I think they're good to push on, but like, you know, I think there's an understanding now of like how you do diversity correctly and incorrectly within tech or gaming, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, ending forced arbitration is huge because it just gets abused, right? Like that's why things don't, like justice doesn't happen because it gets ended through internal arbitration. Um, and then the pay bans, yeah, for sure. Like that would be very disruptive. That would actually, actually open things up quite a bit. Would love to see them go a step further and say, let's fucking match the pay bans on people who are performing equally, but are different yeah. genders. I and, mean, and- I actually think that your demands are like the lowest, like, like they are so, they are so reasonable considering everything that has come yeah. out, yeah, considering yeah, the true. botched Activision Blizzard demand, like, like, I'm sorry, the, the botched Activision Blizzard response. Oh my um, god! Like, can we get into that a little bit? Because this this statement from them, which is like an actual statement that lawyers and shit wrote, <laughs> PR people, like some of the highlights, like um, we are sickened by the reprehensible conduct of the DFEH, which, which I think is what the Department of Fair and Equal, a fair um, employment and housing, fair employment and housing. I think. Don't yeah. quote me on that. Some labor to drag right. into the complaint. The tragic suicide of an employee whose passing has no bearing whatsoever on this case with no regard for her grieving family. So not only are they saying that like a woman who committed suicide 
for material reasons that pertain to this case, right? For abuse and uh, you know, violence against her. Apparently um, nudes were circulated. Nudes were of circulated her? um around the company of her. Um, which I think is actually, you know, that yeah, that has bearing on this case. And with no regard for a grieving family, like they fucking care. Right. And then they say, in this type of irresponsible behavior from unaccountable state bureaucrats that are driving many of the state's best businesses out of California. Fucking move to Texas then, you fucking assholes. Yeah, like, first of all, unaccountable state bureaucrats. All right, sure, maybe. <laughs> but the way that you're saying, the, what you want is unaccountable corporate bureaucrats, basically. So, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Um, and last I checked, state bureaucrats... And officials, or well, I don't know if they meant like the, um, the, the the elected officials, but elected officials are accountable because people vote for them, right? So uh, from at least the you know theoretical standpoint, they're they're accountable, and um, state bureaucrats are I don't know maybe not, but um, and then driving businesses out of California, <laughs> well then then leave if you really care, just leave. I, so, mean, I mean, I, I think they're registered in Delaware, like every large corporation. Yeah, like yeah, every no. other large corporation. Um, and then they go on to just like toot their own horn about the, they have this ask list and like they have these hotlines and employee relations teams. And like you're telling, you know, you're <laughs> saying, Connie, like the employee, and, and we all are, you know, we all work in corporate environments. So we know how these sort of employee relations or the, these teams to sort of are like, they're just trying to get people to not sue them. Right. They're just trying to get people to, you know, deal with it on your own and just sort of work. And um, it, it was such a ghoulish response. Um, Most of these responses are very tepid and they don't really say anything in particular. They use a lot of the same lines about, you yeah. know, being like having failed employees, blah, blah, blah. I'm of the opinion that we should use AI just to automate these fucking PR assholes right. <laughs> and put them all out of work. But yeah. this particular <laughs> statement is actually offensive. It is. Especially what they said about the woman who died. It is like it is a shame that the DFEH did not want to engage with us and what they thought they were seeing in their investigation. So basically, they're saying we're pissed that like the DFEH didn't sort of get our approval to file a lawsuit. Like they were investigating you for two years. (laughs) I mean, so from what I understand, a number of high profile individuals, uh, again, this is my understanding related to me by other Blizzard employees and, you know, other other former Blizzard uh, employees mm-hmm. that um, in the course of investigation, they did uncover criminal wrongdoing and those people yeah. were, were quietly let go. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the law and like the government officials give these companies every opportunity to avoid prosecution mm-hmm. by doing what you just said. Like they give them information saying, look, like, this person is going to get prosecuted. What do you want to do? And they, they quietly let them go so that that company can avoid liability, right? So, so there's a smidge of justice because the wrongdoer lost their job, I guess. I'm sure they're going to get employed somewhere else. But the company itself that enabled all this shit has no, no consequences, right? Like yeah, they, they get a they, warning. They get a warning. A slap and on the, the wrist. And, 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 and they what have, about the people that they hurt? Yeah. What about their... I don't want to use the word victims here because I just... I just I, right. I, I don't I mean, like that, right? it's a little right? word now. It's a little word now, right? Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be described as a victim, right? But it's, sure. it's... This is going back to what I was saying where one of the things that I think is so incredibly, you know, 
infuriating about this is that those people are now damaged for like, I know from personal firsthand experience, the amount of work that I had to do to be able to um, not internalize what happened to spend years unprogramming, like deprogramming my brain, right? Denormalizing things that I thought were like, okay, about myself, right? About how I should behave, right? How should I present myself to be successful, right? What my worth was, right? Or Mm. just the I'm fucking bitter and angry, right? And mistrustful of, you know, authority figures or bosses, right? What happens is, you know, these employees, because they had this stuff done to them, and they rightfully, you know, are are not in a good place and have behavioral issues, quote unquote, right? Um, (laughs) As a result of this, right? They're going to be called out for the fact that, you know, oh, well, your work is bad now. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's because I had to walk around and see my abuser and see him show up, right, right, as a big talking face and like look at the internet, fucking laud him, right? And be adulated, right? Right. And you see this and you're like, how, how, and then meanwhile, like if you're still there, right, I'm just, you see this and, and how does this not mentally affect someone? How does this, you know, right. One of the common things that, you know, people were told is, is, um, you know, and this is not just true of games or Blizzard, but like, yeah, you know, you're overly emotional, right? They seem kind of not stable, right? Mm-hmm. All, all this stuff that is used to block people, right? And meanwhile, these people get like coaching and counseling, right? Like, I believe in the lawsuit, they talked about how Jalen Brack, right, multiple times talked with, you know, Afrasiabi. I would like to know that, you know, the people that were hurt by Afrasiabi, were mm-hmm. they shown that same grace by their managers? Were they right. shown that same grace to get over their hurt, to, you know, just process? Like, no, I guarantee you that there are some people who lost their jobs because they were angry and bitter about the things that happened to them. And they were either managed out, they left on their own accord, right? I certainly, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. left because I was angry and bitter. And I realized that if I stayed here, I would become a toxic person. And that leads to my second thing right is that some of these people who are victims go on to be abusers themselves right because right. which is not what, uncommon right i mean that happens absolutely right that yeah. is a dynamic we know that that yeah. is just true in general like most abusers you know were abused themselves and this is true in a workplace setting as well where not only do you internalize that that kind of behavior is okay and no one is going to hold you accountable but also that I'm angry and bitter. So I'm also going to be toxic and angry and, you know, do these things. And it's hard because I'm dealing with shit. I'm dealing with trauma. Right. right? right. And like, that sucks for all the people that, you know, work around that person. They're not, they're not at fault for them having had a shitty working experience. It's, I get why these people get let go because it's unfair to their team to have to put up with their shit. But again, my point is, were, were they given coaching? Were they, did right. someone hold their hand? Right. Did someone tell them, Hey, look, right. Like were they worked with? I mean, I think in some cases it probably happened, but probably not enough. And this, this cycle gets repeated right. over and over and over again. And not just that, but it's like, I don't know about you, but like I got into games because like, A, I love games and B, the things that I'm good at do not include counseling people that have gone through trauma learning how to be an emotional advocate for other people. I have learned right. some of those things, right, in the course of my 20-something years in games. But, like, I am not equipped to do that. I, Listen, I, yeah. yeah. Not most people aren't, right? Only professionals. Highly trained people are. Yeah, it shouldn't, I mean, be, it shouldn't be part of the job description, yeah. but it feels like it's implicitly something you end up having to do because of the nature of the work. I mean, they're basically saying, okay, right, like, okay, think about, like, if you had a workplace accident, right, 
um, you slipped on a ladder or you're carrying some heavy boxes and you hurt yourself, right? Like that gets covered because it's like, oh, it was an injury that you incurred in the workplace, right? And so now we got to help you because in the course of your by work- By accident. By accident, yeah. right? Whereas this is not by accident, but it's they're basically told, well, here's the number for EAP. I saw the EAP counselor at Blizzard for a while. She told me to make a fucking mood board. Yeah. <laughs> make a vision board and actualize wow. who you want to be. I was uh. like, cool. Cool, 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 cool. What I I want to do is I want to punch somebody's face, right? Right. But but also the idea that they can just pay for, you know, like six sessions of EAP or whatever as a way to like, you know, kind of deal with the fact that there's abusers in the company doesn't seem fucking right. Like get rid of the fucking abuse to begin with. Don't just pay for the damage Mm -hmm. to come afterwards. But it sounds like there's there's that is in place. Like they've gone through this enough times that they know. Oh, okay, we got to go through this. Another another victim has come forward. We have to go through the user shit. Right. Do arbitration. Give them you know give them the complimentary EAP. Give them some time off work and so on. And then repeat, rinse and you know rinse and repeat for whoever's up next. I mean, I I would say most people didn't even get that. I no, I, okay. I, yeah. I, I would assume they yeah. don't. To be honest, I, I probably got that because you know I I was part of something executive happened staff. visibly enough that they couldn't ignore it. Not right? that, and not just yeah. that, but like, you know, I was a known quantity, right? Like I right. worked with a lot of executives. I worked with a lot of like directors and leads. And, you know, right. I'd like to think that I was, you know, fairly well liked and my work was well regarded. And so, yeah. you know, they were just like, oh, well, we, we, we should, you know, do a little bit more for, for Connie, right? Like I, right. I was there when, when Blizzard was like under 400 people behind UCI, right? Like I, I was there from before the WoW days. And, yeah. you know, so I, I'm glad that I got some kind of support, but then I think, and this is another thing that I've grappled since the news broke last week is like, how, how many more people were hurt? How many more people saw even less support than I did? The right. answer is probably a fuck ton. A lot. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't know if we have enough time to really get into this, but, um, make it two guess, podcasts. <laughs> yeah, We'll do another one, but, but it just, I, I, you know, and this was something we talked about, you know, just in our own private conversation, Connie, but, and, and I hate to sort of like make this about me as a gamer. What does this mean to me as someone who just plays video games? But two questions come to mind, right? And I think this also just relates because video games are like a creative endeavor and a creative industry, just like um, TV and movies. And TV and movies uh, are a little bit older. So they have like a larger, I think, consciousness in, in the broader um, culture. But I think video games are quickly um, getting to that level as well. But, you know, so, you know, Me Too started with with the movie industry, with, with, Weinstein, with Weinstein and everything like that. And I think people have known for a long time that like the movie industry and the TV industry uh, and, and maybe theater to some extent as well um, are cesspools of just awful, awful people, right? Just degeneracy and just awful, awful behavior. But people have sort of, I think, I feel like sometimes people have sort of just come to this, I don't know, maybe that like this, uh, they've just conceded maybe, or they've just given up that like, we need to, if we want to have these industries, if we want to have movies or TV, then we need to sort of just accept that a certain percentage of people that create it, the creators and the people who work in those industries are going to be awful. Like they're going to be abusers. They're going to not only be just jerks, but sexual predators. And a certain number of people who work in this year are going to be their targets. And I, I don't know if that's acceptable to be in video games or in anything. 
And yeah, so like how do how do how do how is that like because not only are we are you uh in the industry and you make them, but you you're you're you know you're a video game player, right? You know, I mean you, you play games. Mm-hmm. So like uh, for me, just from the outside and obviously everything we've talked about, but making a decision about like what am I gonna play? Because we've talked about how some people are doing a boycott of just playing the games, right? In addition to the people who work at Activision Blizzard walking out, but some people are actually going to boycott not playing them. Like, how far does that go? Do we never play a Blizzard game again? Um, I mean, I haven't really. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't really played any Blizzard games since I left, and I probably should for work, right? Like, they are popular games, you know? Market for industry research, research right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I've just never been able to bring myself to do it, even though, you know, this is the work of like good friends, right? And yeah. um, there's still people I care about. And yeah, of course, I want to play their games and give them money and support them. But uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it where like I'll fire up something and I'll start playing and I just feel viscerally horrible right even if like my upper you know brain is just like oh i'll just go and check this out but like on some fundamental deep level i was i just i i can't you know and if you ask me whether you know this is just me personally right like i think if people have to be sacrificed and people have to be hurt in order for the work to be done um, then I, I, I'm personally of the mind that I was like, well, then right. that art shouldn't fucking exist. Right. Like if you have to sacrifice virgins in order to, you know, get a thing, maybe we don't sacrifice the virgins, but I know that many people don't agree with me. Right. And I'm sure many, yeah. you know, people, many blizzard fans, right. Um, I don't know. It's complicated. Right. And it again, is. going back to the fact that this is the livelihood of a lot of people, this is the livelihood of my friends. Right. I, I just, I, how can I say, yes, you know, go down Blizzard, never play their games, you know? They're also just good games, right? Like, sure. I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I, I can't say anything because I haven't actually played, but, like, people who do play, right, often cite, like, the design decisions and they look at stuff, and I've definitely, like, watched talks and things like that. Like, I do think that the craft has been moved forward in, in terms of, like, technical accomplishments, right, innovations in game design, but it's, it's personally not worth it to me for the human cost. I think the key to statements like the one Adam just brought up where people are like, oh, you know, like the best art's made by tortured souls and tortured souls might go and abuse people. The best response to that, I think, is just to not, just straight up not buy that framing at all. It's this thing in psychology they call the anchoring effect, right? Where Mm -hmm. they're like, look, the starting point is that people are fucked up. That's how they make good art, okay? And so, if you take away the fucked up people, the art's going to be shitty. I haven't seen the shit maybe people who are stable or, or we have, but we don't, we don't talk about it, you know, being particularly good or bad, right? Like you can't let the starting point be only fucked up people can make yeah. good art yeah, or yeah, good, yeah. You reject the good frame. things, yeah, right? Sure. Reject the framing altogether and just say, look, there can exist a blizzard that pays their employees and gives them, you know, a good a livelihood, does not have fucking rampant abuse and can make good games. That people can physically move their fingers and type this, you know, type the things and move the mouse and make the art and make the, the code to make the games like that can possibly happen no i we're, agree for yeah. some reason we've we've become pathological in our thinking around this and think that oh, okay we have to deal with the fact that there's a bunch of fucking sexual like a, like rapists basically like a bunch right, of rapists right. in the company to produce these movies or these games and i think you just had to reject that framing altogether yeah there are no, large I, swaths I agree, yeah. there are large swaths of blizzard right that i think are have good people in them that are run by good people 
right, that are aware of the problems, that have spoken up about the problems. And in the end, they were very helpless to do those things. And I just, I don't know, it's it's a very, it's a very hard thing. This is why I, I have been so appreciative of the public statement of the folks that are there at Blizzard, where mm-hmm. I think, oh, man, I think I teared up where it was just a very powerful statement. Hold on, I want to read it just because yeah, bring um, it up. I think it is. Um, really, really at the core of what I think is important here. Um, hold on, let me pull it up here. Um, but I think the fact that these people came together and um, here we go. We stand with all our friends, teammates, and colleagues, as well as the members of our dedicated community who have experienced mistreatment or harassment of any kind. We will not be silenced. We will not stand aside. And we will not give up until the company we love is a workplace we can all feel proud to be a part of again. We will be the change. Like, man, yeah. I, I tear up every time I read that. And I super, I don't know, right? Like, there's a cynical part of me is just like, I don't know, we'll see, right? But there's another part of me where I also don't think we've ever seen such a strong, you know, widespread industry response. I mean, look at me. I'm like talking shit on a podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but, but it, yes. I mean, uh, we, we can we can point to, uh, uh, you know, studios like Riot and say, well, you know, stuff at Riot happened and nothing changed. Riot isn't Blizzard. Um, I, I don't know how to explain to people who aren't video game, who aren't gamers, um, how, like what kind of position blizzard sort of holds in the industry um but it's hard to overstate their cultural relevance in the sort of gamer space um when i was a when i was a little kid um and i had like my first pc that could like play games i remember buying warcraft 2 from this now defunct place called computer city and it came out of those big boxes (laughs) this is before games came in small boxes it came in like one of those big boxes Right, and I remember um, taking the the manual out, and it had all these like amazing illustrations of like each of the units in the game. So that I remember, the one I remember the most was the catapult from the orcs, the orc race that mm. had like the spikes in the front and shit. And um, once I, I was so obsessed with this thing, and I remember like going to Chinese school on Saturdays, and like the after school activity was like a drawing class, and you could bring stuff for like the teacher to teach you how to draw. And so some kids would bring like Disney shit. I would bring this manual. With the and yeah. I'd be like, teach us how to draw the catapult or the the cool orc or like the the foot the um you know the the uh, the foot knight right um, from Warcraft two and I remember Chris Metzen's name like his signature or his autograph or whatever at the bottom of each picture and I was really fucked up when I found that he was one of the guys who was like protecting all these people yeah I was like that I was like, he was like my childhood hero and as far as like an art you know an artist like an illustrator right but, right so I think a lot of people have these stories that relates to Blizzard games. Right. Yeah. Specifically, um, you know, not, yeah, very specific you know, anecdotes like this, right? Yeah. To, to Warcraft, to, Starcraft, etc. Yeah, right. I yeah. used to carry the Starcraft, Warcraft two, you know, manuals around in my binder in middle school. It's so yeah, exactly same, yeah. same yep. age, yeah. right? Like, and, and, and the only game that I remember actively like talking to like my middle school and high school friends about was Diablo. Mm-hmm. The first Diablo. Diablo was huge. Diablo 1 and 2 were huge. Like, we actually talked about, like, I remember that we would talk about it and we would just, you know, we were we were just in awe of it. And um, so, you know, so for Blizz- for this to happen uh, and to expose Blizzard uh, for this, um, not, well, yeah, expose and, and 
is is a bigger deal. I, I still, you know, I, and and I know I said earlier that I, I I I really think that the only way that this can get solved for Activision Blizzard is for them just to not exist. I hope, but and that's just my really cynical side. But you know, I do believe that if there's enough energy, that hopefully there there there'll be there'll be a way for the teams that you talk about and the people who you talk about, Connie, because there are more of them than there are of these assholes, right? That are named. Um, to to save it right and to really change it um, for the better, um, but as long as Bobby Kotick is CEO, as long as they make decisions to me- to to hire people like Jen Townsend, who yep. is a Bush, who's a, a you know George H uh, George W Bush Homeland Security Director, right, um, to be part of the board or be part of the company. If they continue to hire, uh, keep those people employed and to hire people like that, um, there isn't, I don't think it can happen, right? Because I don't think Bobby Kotick is going to allow this to happen. There's this, uh, uh, this no. tweet that, that Connie had highlighted um, about uh, this whole situation when someone pointed out that the, you know, uh, Townsend or whoever was like the, the former Bush era torture lady. I think the tweet says, um, the ability of a company to sexually abuse women who work there and keep what happened quiet and make sure the abuser is protected flows from the same power they have to crunch their workers, do mass layoffs, yep. to underpay developers, et cetera. These aren't separate things. Like that's a very Absolutely. poignant point to make about the whole situation and Absolutely. how this trick goes down. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that that has been the reality in games for a long time that you know, we get so lost in the love and the passion and just wanting to be a part of it. I think a lot of people, especially, you know, people like me who have, you know, been in games for a while, we are deeply questioning whether this is the way that we need to go on. Is this the way that our industry really goes? And I think there's some stagnation too, right? So I I have an interesting Mm -hmm. thing that I want to float by you folks, which is, you know, why now? That's a question that I ask. Why now? Mm. You know, I remember when, again, when the riot stuff is breaking, a bunch of us former Blizzard people were like, any day now, right? Like, yeah. wh- when is the, when are the deep, dark secrets that we all know about? And they never spilled out. But I think it's interesting that this news is breaking now after Blizzard has been in the news for a series of things like, oh, they're hemorrhaging, you know, monthly active users, right? There was, um, I forgot, it was like IGN or something like that. They written an article over about like, oh, all the long time, you know, people that contributed to the success are leaving, right? Jeff Kaplan left and, you know, Michael Chu, director of Overwatch left and, you know, Chris Metzen's gone and Morheim's gone, right? Like they were just highlighting the brain drain and um, highlighting also that the general like stagnation, they have no products coming out, you know, Warcraft mm-hmm, 3 yeah. Reforged was a fucking dumpster fire, right? It, you know, Blizzard was not at the height, right? They had lost its luster. Um, I, I know a ton of people who are leaving Blizzard, right? Folks that went there very excitedly and now are very excitedly exiting. <laughs> and um, I myself got like, you know, a bunch of calls and I was like, hi, no, I'm not going to move back to California, but thanks for the call. And they're like, well, what if we were going to do it remote? And I was like, I don't want to <laughs> fucking work for you, right? Go away. Right. Um, yeah, I think... I think that some of the shine, right, of Blizzard has come off in recent years. And, like, I don't follow anything, but, like, I remember, like, a, another coworker 
um, from like another job, like past job. She, she like sent me that. I don't know if you guys saw that, that for a while, maybe it was like two weeks ago where there was like a quote unquote leak or something on Imgur about somebody like ranting about Shadowlands. And then I heard some stuff about how people were very like unhappy with the Sylvanas raid and like, there was just all sorts of like internet mm. chatter about how bad it was and how there wasn't even like a patch, you know, out yet for um, Shadowlands. And just people were like, yeah, you know, Blizzard's just really been down in the dumps, right? And the problem is like players say this all the time, but then. They do. I was going to say, they've been saying that about Blizzard for the last for, 10 years. Yeah, they've been saying it over the last 10 years. But like the reality is, is like the yeah. numbers are going down though. That's like, true. Yes. Yeah. Like I think WoW Classic actually has just as many almost as many numbers as wow modern and uh like final fantasy 14 has so many people that like what was it they ran out of digital codes in their store and if you try yeah right and if you try and play it like right now like there are so many cues uh my one, one of my I teammates just started playing i just started playing yeah and she's yeah. like wow i feel like i'm back in like the early 2000s where you know you had to wait in line to like log in she's like what is this and well, i i decided to go to a japanese region server because okay. they have they have this idea of preferred server so if you go to preferred server you get like a, a experience boost like they oh, double okay. your experience gain so i'm like i don't want to go to a u.s server and like you know but level like, like a plebe i want to go yeah. to a japanese server but like i guess my point is is like i feel like i'm not a fan of cancel culture right uh for many reasons but that's the sort of nuanced discussion that i'm not going to get into but it's like i feel like people who get canceled like things that get canceled are people that are people things whatever that are already weakened yes, and vulnerable that, in some that is, way. that's really true yeah. and i i feel that that is true about blizzard where like would this have really stuck if this had been released like a couple years ago, like right mm. in the height of like Overwatch, you know, like, oh, we love Overwatch. Mania, yeah. But now, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. now people have Valorant, right? People have, you know, Legends Apex. of Runeterra, yeah. right? They've got Apex Legends, right? Like there's all sorts of other things. And meanwhile, it's like, well, when is the next big thing coming out for Blizzard, right? right. Diablo and Overwatch Immortal. 2 is basically just Overwatch patch <laughs> 1.5. Like, it's not even a second game. I, I mean, like I said, I don't really yeah. follow the products other than like watching people on the internet complain about it. So I was just like, oh, yeah. okay, that, yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting observation. Are you saying it's kind of like part of a larger decline of the empire to some extent? Like they had to be weakened in order for all this to come Take together. Down, yeah. You know, because oh, there, yeah. there is a there is a timing around the tech stuff we talked about that led to this. And also like, you know, the actual investigation took two years and it happened to end now, you know. But to some extent, you're saying, you know, it'd be harder to crack their shell if they're at the peak of their power. Yeah. Right. Cause like maybe the fans would just kind of shrug it off at that point. Cause they're so enamored by the like creation, the artistic creation and output of this uh, entertainment behemoth. I mean, they still might, right? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't have access to the numbers, but I, sure. I would, I would be curious to know, right. I, whether will, this I really want to know affects... how many people did not like, what was the dip in players on overwatch and all their other games today? Yeah. Right. Did, did the stuff that I, that seemed to be big on Twitter and Twitter is yeah. never a real signal of what's yeah. actually happening. It's just yeah. like, people yelling online right but did something actually happen around the numbers i would love to see that in a uh, you know in a week or so if it, if it ever comes out and i mean i don't think the negative publicity train is going to stop i mean there was the walkout no. today um there was oh man did you guys see the story somebody else sent this to me but it was um uh the kotaku broke the article about oh yeah we should the, talk about the cosby, that yeah the cosby, the cosby rooms the cosby right. suite I would love to. The I would literal love to picture hear. of them yes. with the picture of Cosby, so we know that it was for Bill Cosby. 
I, I would love, I'm just so curious because I see that stuff and I'm just like, yeah, you know, it, I, I'm not, I mean, obviously I knew about it. Right. And I was just like, yeah, that's just, that's just how it is. Right. But I'm curious, like people that are like not within games, when you see yeah, that, yeah. what is your, what is your reaction? That was really interesting. That was really interesting because I saw it and I was immediately like, wow, they are revering this rapist and they knew he was a rapist, et cetera, et cetera. Then I went and read the Kotaku article and the the dates came together and it turned out that like it was the same year or a year before uh, the Cosby stuff blew up that they had that room at BlizzCon. So it may have not lined up and they may have been right about like, oh, it's an inside joke because it's ugly sweaters or something. But Kotaku actually went through a ton of like investigative work to see, to show that there was no weird room that the Cosby was like an inside reference to, right? Like, you know, with weird carpets and stuff. So um, I'm still, I'm, but I think the point is that like the majority of people are going to look at it and be like, these are fucking disgusting men. And whether or not that's actually true, end of the day, in terms of like what actually happened with the whole, this whole Cosby thing, it doesn't matter because that's the that's the reaction we should have about these men. Yeah. <laughs> right? If that makes sense. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. really care if the timelines line up. Like, at this point, I'm just like, this is disgusting and this this is not a surprising form of behavior. Right? Um, and and they also had that, like, you know, they had the, the chats, the uh, the group chats, mm-hmm. right, from that BlizzCon mm-hmm. come out as well that, that helps corroborate the whole thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it's just like, yeah, another non-surprising thing that, you know, makes it extra disgusting, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, it, it, it's, it's the behavior of predators um, and guys that know that there are no consequences or they feel that they're bulletproof and um, they're in a position of power and influence and they know that they can get away with basically whatever they want. Uh, and, um, even if, as you said, Phil, like if the, um, even if the timelines don't match up, like it, it doesn't matter, I, I, you know, whether it was Cosby because of the lawsuit or Cosby because of he wore his ugly sweaters, uh, and it was some sort of weird joke. Um, it's one of, yeah, it, it's, it's just another example of horrible behavior. There was there was a one really weird um, kind of racial comment that was picked up on in the group chat around uh, Alec Afras Afrasiabi, right? One of the two guys yeah. who, who, who's implicated, right? This big head honcho at Blizzard, um, and you know, they're in their group chat. They were chatting about like bringing women to the room and shit like that. And he he was notorious for being like very overly friendly with women in all sorts of different contexts. And the thing that he would commonly say was that he wants to marry everybody. And he made this joke about in, in the group chat about how, um, you know, someone said, oh, you can't marry all of them, Alex. And Alex uh, Afrasiabi says, I can, I'm Middle Eastern, um, which is, you know, just kind of one of those weird things where they're like, they're playing their race up in a way that makes whatever fucking terrible behavior they have acceptable. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I look at the picture that's been posted of them with the Bill Cosby uh, portrait <laughs> in this hotel room. And I'm just like, I don't know, this guy is fucking white passing as hell. So like, his the fact that he may be like vaguely Middle Eastern is irrelevant, right? Yeah. It's just this common pattern of behavior you see from mm-hmm. from white exec white extremely powerful executives, uh, as we've seen in Me Too outside of gaming as well. So, yeah, yeah, I saw that somebody sent that to me, and it was, and you know, I think you made a good point earlier in the in this podcast, Adam, where you know it it's like the frat the frat culture. Oh, completely. 
right? Where like when you're in the moment, you're like, yeah, we're just going to be like really edgy, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, kind of like go all out there and say, you know, fucked up shit. And like when you're in it, right? Like it doesn't feel bad, right? Like there, I, I guarantee you there are, you know, videos floating around in the ether of me like drunkenly like trying to climb the Hilton bar right after BlizzCon, right? There there is just generally when you're in it, it doesn't feel like it's fucked up. But then once you get time and distance, you're just like, Mm -hmm. oh man, right? Like I and that's and that's and that's really that's really hard, right? Like I think that's I think that's probably part of the longevity and the perpetuity of the toxicity is that they just were like sort of self-sustaining right they just cued each other into this kind of behavior and um they you know like i joined blizzard because you know people like metzen or like you know sammy right um samwise didier were like my heroes right i carried around their manuals and they go and you see them do this stuff right um and um you see these people who are like big important faces that are like, you know, they talk on these BlizzCon panels and they do these things. And so somehow it must be okay because you're heroes, right? They Mm -hmm. couldn't possibly be the bad guys. And I, I firmly believe that, you know, these folks, right. Um, probably don't think that they're bad people, right. They probably, you know, in the moment, right. Just like, you know, when I participated in shit that I'm fucking ashamed of, right. Like at the moment I was like, haha, I'm being a bad person, but you get caught up in the moment and you almost like, egg each other on to get worse and worse and worse and it's just it just turns into this perfect shit storm and just nobody stops nobody goes wow this is not okay and the people that do are you know belittled and demeaned just like that that poor woman at BlizzCon like oh right like you know are we gonna be a party pooper now right don't be such a killjoy right like there's something also about the the party environment of BlizzCon and just like conventions in general where these people who've been working very hard, whatever, all year on a game, feel like they can let loose. Yeah. Which which kind of feeds more into this behavior as well, right? Like, you know, having this, this fucking Bill Cosby portrait at a hotel room. Um, I, I would say one other interesting thing about that photo that's been circulating around that is that, like, there's some people who identified everyone in the photo. And there's, like, a guy who's also from, like, Riot Games who's in the hotel room with all the Blizzard execs. There's a guy from Cinemax. There's a guy from Bonfire Studios. This is not just Blizzard, right? No. This is like no. this is like a frat. That's my point. I can okay, name it's a crossover. It's a frat society, absolutely. I can name every single one of those men in that picture from left to right, and yes, that's what yeah. I mean, right? My point is, sure, there are some people that whose names showed up, right, who are in the lawsuit or like have floated, right, or because they were public faces. There are so many more of them mm-hmm. that have never been named, right, and maybe left years ago, who are just as responsible for right. some of this. And, you know, they get to go off and, you know, start companies and get investor money, right? And hopefully, maybe they've changed. Hopefully, you know, they've gotten better. But again, this is what I mean by like, where's the justice, right? Where's the justice? Yeah. Where's the justice yeah. for the woman who killed herself? Yeah, where's the justice it. for all the women? Where's, who's going to pay my fucking therapy bills? Right. It's tough to even say that if this loss, lawsuit goes through and, and Activision Blizzard plays, pays a huge fine, is that really justice? Like who who is that hurting? Like who gets who benefits from that? I mean they'll probably right? lay off a bunch of people. Yeah. They'll lay off a bunch of people. Bobby Picotic will get a five hundred million dollar bonus. And um, <laughs> you know, like who because uh, yeah, you make a great point, Connie. It's like who's gonna help the people who have been af- affected by this? 
um, once they're not at Blizzard anymore, um, assuming that some of them got something from, you know, Blizzard uh, helping them in some way, I mean, which so we assume they do, don't because a lot of people don't even say anything. So they just suffer in silence. I mean, that but, is my hope, know. right? Like, I don't know if any of them are going to, you know, listen to this podcast or, you know, how widely this is going to circulate. But if I have a, you know, public soapbox that I can get on about this, if you were one of those men and you know who you are out there, if the layoffs happen, right? If people have to leave, right? If you feel at all bad for the things that you did or didn't do, right? Right. I mean, I know I personally went to several, you know, men who were in positions of power and authority and was literally like, help me, please help me. And nobody fucking helped me. I mean, I guess they helped me where they, you know, got me out of that bad situation. But it's like, right. my ask would be, many of these people have gone on to go, you know, start their own companies, right? You know, they've gotten money, whatever. Mm-hmm. Use your money, use your money, use your influence, use your power to help these people who have been hurt by a thing that you participated in. That's I know right. I am. Right. And I know that my, you know, complicity in this is like very passive because ultimately I was a powerless person, but I feel immense sense of guilt. You know, there are people who have come to me who have said, I feel guilt because I sold a dream that was a lie and a trap. And a generation of young, hopeful game developers came to this studio thinking that, you know, Blizzard was this awesome place. And I sent them there. I, I helped build the trap that brought them here so that they could be exploited and that they could be abused. And that's the guilt that I think all of us feel, that we kept quiet, that we didn't do enough, that we should have done more. But yeah. those people who absolutely know that they engaged in toxic behavior and fucking got away with it, hey, reach into your pocketbooks. Help people. If there are layoffs, which I don't know, I mean, maybe it'll be fine. Maybe Activision will give into these demands and we'll see improvement, right? Like, I would love to see that happen. But if they don't, fucking do something about it, right? Nothing will ever make up for the wrong. But I just, right. I cannot emphasize where it's like, y'all are in good positions to be helping people, help people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to add to that. It was a somber end. Yeah. Well, no, that was, uh, yeah. I mean, well, maybe like I, I would actually like to end on this. So, um, yeah. you know how I, I just mentioned that, like in that photo, like it wasn't just Blizzard in that hotel room with the Cosby portrait. It's like people from other, uh, you know, video game in, uh, companies that were participating in this kind of frap, frap wide event here. In, in this in that same vein today Connor you were pointing out that like with the the walkouts right from Blizzard there's also people from all sorts of other um, game companies you know uh, on the west coast or, or maybe across America who also participated by walking out on their own right or having the conversation can you talk a little bit about that maybe that'd be a nice kind of high point to end on yeah I think that is a good high point so I think one reason why this has gotten even bigger is that um, one good thing about having worked at Blizzard means that you are very employable afterwards. And so, you know, I think why this has touched off so widely across the industry is because so many of us have gone on to become players in the games industry in our own right. And just for example, like, you know, at my current company, there are plenty of people who used to work for Blizzard, right. That are employed at Wizards of the Coast. And um, we all feel it deeply. And mm-hmm. I think you see that 
you were like, I was there, I left Blizzard for many of the reasons that were named in the lawsuit. And, you know, because of the similar stories to what everybody is sharing now. And you see that and you're at the place that you're at, right? And this is not to say any of the places are better or perfect, right? And there's this strong desire, right? Like the thing that I hear most from, you know, folks that I talk to is like, we are so goddamn tired, right? And, you know, it started at Blizzard, right? But the rot is everywhere. And we still want to make games. We believe that we can make awesome video games that fans will love, that people will play, that will take them away and immerse them. And, you know, all sorts of the things, all the reasons why we got into games. I firmly believe that we can do that without harm. Yes. Like making games is not easy. Like literally my joke is like every time I ship a game, right? You're just like, oh my God, that was a miracle in and of itself. It is so hard <laughs> to make games. There is already so much like, oh, yeah. conflict and challenges, right? Between like tech and personalities and just like, sometimes you don't know what is going to make a hit game or not, right? And there's like marketing and timing and all this stuff, right? The idea that, you know, this thing can finally come out, there is just such resonance because, because it does resonate to all the women, to all the people that have endured this, whether at Blizzard or somewhere else. And I think it is igniting a fire across the industry to look in their own houses and say, hey, what can we do, right? Like, what's happening at our studio, right? Like, what do we have in place to protect folks, right? How are our policies? How are we holding people accountable? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really powerful. And I think the fact that, like, the the roots, the groundwork for this were laid even earlier, right? So I think it is actually not entirely fair to say that the Riot stuff never went anywhere. I think, yeah. I don't know, it seems yeah. like things got better at Riot. I don't know, maybe there's going to be a Me Too thing in, like, a couple months and I'll be further <laughs> wrong. Um, but, but, you know, my point is, is just that, like, I do think that, you know, when the riot stuff came out, there was like a wholesale rejection within the industry where it was just like, we don't want to be like that. And Ubisoft just reinforced that. And so this happening and so many people who don't work at Blizzard, you know, changing their profile to like the blue heart, whether you think that's performative or not, but like a lot of people sincerely turned their cameras off, right? Walked out and opted to spend this day talking about how we can make things better. Right. And I think mm -hmm. that's the that's the hope that I hold on to. I, I don't know, right, whether they will fix things. I'm positive, sadly, that we're going to see this shit happen again. But I do think that like this is a step in the right direction. There's now scrutiny. Like I don't think that you can get away with the shit that, you know, they got away with for years, right? Decades yeah. of blizzard. Yeah. That's just yeah. not going to fly. And like maybe previously before the story broke. There are probably studios where people are like, oh, yeah, that guy's an asshole or blah, blah, blah. Now people can take this Blizzard story and you're just like, no, stuff does not have to rise to the level of criminal misconduct. Th For us to say this right. is unacceptable right. and we do not want this. That's ex Yeah. No, I, I hope you're right. And I think you will. I think you are. You, I think you are right. Because industries have changed um, and hopefully this will spur change. Um, but we just have to keep vigilant, right? And we can't just say like, this is a victory. And, and it ends, right? So yeah. um, as tired as people are, um, I do think that more and more people coming into the fight that don't even aren't, uh, don't work at these companies, they're just sort of gamers and stuff, um, can take a little bit of pressure off. They're not, you know, the, 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 the people at the companies don't have to be the only ones sort of trying to get justice or, or get some consequences. Like there are more and more people sort of behind them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that does help. A bit, I think it, it helps sort of being like, oh, I'm not completely alone. Um, so yeah, I hope you're right, Connie. Uh, and and 
you know, we'll see what happens after this. Like the lawsuit was just filed. So yeah. we have to see what actually happens. Yeah. Uh, but this public pressure never helps the, the, the defendant, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it puts pressure on them. And, you know, in no small way, I hope that, um, I don't know, like to end on a super positive note, right? Like I've actually gotten, <laughs> you know, DMs from people, not all like nasty, horrible DMs. I actually got some pretty positive ones where I actually said on my Twitter main, I was like, please don't follow me about this blizzard shit. Like, please go away. <laughs> but somebody messaged me and said, hey, look, you know, I'm not f- following you because of, you know, I want to see what other blizzard dirt you'll reveal, right? They said, I'm following you because it was awesome to me that this happened to you. And then I went and looked you up on LinkedIn and like, you went on to make some super cool stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. And um, so did so many of my colleagues that, that had horrible experiences and, you know, I don't know. That that made me feel really good that people were like, I, I think more than anything, it is the resilience and the courage to like move forward and continue creating art that um, I hope that that is the legacy of this scandal that people take away. That's precisely proof that you can't, you can't buy into the narrative that only fucked up people can make creative masterworks. You know, that's exactly Absolutely. it. There's good people out there for sure trying to make games and shit. So, yeah. Cool. So, um, thanks so much, Connie, for, for being on yeah. and, and for talking to us about this. We um, should try to promise Connie that next time she comes on, she won't have to like, you know, do grievances and shit. We no, no, no. So, the next one will be super cool. We'll talk about China and gaming. Yeah, we're going to talk about Genshin Impact next. Yeah. We need to do we, a we we'll talk about Genshin. Genshin. That's one of the topics, yes. Um, but I, what I also want to do is... Um, a guy I grew up with, um, Keith Bergun, if you're listening, you're awesome. But he's a he's been a game developer for a long time. He actually created one of the first like RPGs I was on iOS called 100 Rogues. I don't know if anyone knows that one. But uh, it's that not on there familiar. anymore. But um, so he wrote an article about, um, I think, role-playing games. I think all three of us are really uh, like role-playing games. Mm-hmm. And he wrote an article and I'd shared it and we'll, maybe we'll talk about this or we'll cra- craft a pot about it. But he talks about sort of like, how does he put it? He puts it like the experiment or like the, um, the, uh, the dream or something he talks about, like, we're, like the, the beginnings of sort of Western RPGs. And he starts with like Fallout as being mm. the original Fallout being the prime example of like the experiment or like the sort of mindset that they started out with of trying to simulate reality in a way and how we've sort of fallen away from that sort of idea. So maybe we'll talk about sort of that type of like, we'll try to talk more about like video game design. Oh my God, can we do a pod about phasmophobia? We could talk about phasmophobia. (laughs) Yeah, we could talk about maybe, maybe we can try to, we should try to come up with maybe um, like a a theme and then we'll talk about games or come up with examples. Because we've talked about like movies and like themes of movies and like the like eras of like because we talked about the 90s movies and the office stuff mm-hmm. maybe we'll talk about it we'll come up with a, a gaming series about like you know phasmophobia you want to talk about phasmophobia why you want to talk about it like the things about it so um we'll try to get more into i think that type of thing as well as talking about china <laughs> and gaming <laughs> <laughs> because that's a it's a big deal i mean china's a big deal just globally 
Yeah. And video games globally are the number one entertainment medium in the world. Sorry, all of you movie and TV fans, but it is. And um, sort of the impact China has uh, on that. But and, so, we'll, and sorry we'll to South Korea too. The Genshin actually. impact it has on the world. Yeah, the Genshin impact. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. But yeah, so but but thank you so much for being on here and 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 Philip. It's always it's always great and um yeah. Of course, next time. anytime. Thanks, yeah, talk to you guys later. Bye. All right. Bye now.